0: Podcast, episode number 32. I am your host, Chris Romarez. Thank you so much for joining me today as we continue to inch closer to the start of the NHL regular season. That's right. The NHL has finally figured out most of its issues since the last time we spoke. Uh, Which I know has been a while, but uh, hey, life is busy. December is, as always, crazy. And it's getting even crazier now with fantasy hockey coming up. Everything is just... Everything's moving so, so quick. I haven't even done any Christmas shopping. I'm going to be real here. Not that I want to go out and to malls and stuff with people. But anyways, that's not the important part here. The important part is is that we do have hockey. The NHL has has picked a date. Mark it down in your calendars. January 13th will be the beginning of the NHL regular season. And they will play 56 games. Um, Again, barring any type of unforeseen events that may force the NHL to play less than those games hopefully we get them all and playoffs too so the NHL has come up like i said with a start uh training camp will last about um about what 10 days i guess which is fine by the way training camp and there are no preseason games which is again there are some things the NHL can keep here um and we're going to dig right into that as we go. Before we start, right, obviously I'm going to mention a couple of things. A, if you are looking for a fantasy hockey draft kit, you head over to the fantasyalarm.com. I have participated in it this year. Again, the good folks over at the Fantasy Alarm continue to say, Chris, you know what you're doing. Can you talk about it? I continue to disappoint sometimes, but every once in a while or a few times, I get things right. So you can find player projections there. You can find the draft, uh, the draft cheat sheet that you can bring to your draft. You can find sleepers. You can find busts. You can find rookies. You can find a whole bunch of great stuff. It's updated regularly as well when, you know, unfortunately players are going to get injured before. Players may opt out of the upcoming season. That is something that the NHLPA and the NHL have agreed to. Players can opt out. So that will be updated. I did that. Uh, draft Kit with Andrew Dewhurst, my partner in crime over there. So check it out. It's a full $10. So if mommy and daddy gave you $10 for Christmas, you know, just why not spend it on a Fantasy Alarm Draft Kit? Why not win your Fantasy League? Why not brag about it? Maybe it'll bring in even more money, right? If you play in some money leagues, all good things you should do, uh, head over to fantasyalarm.com And purchase your subscription there. Uh, Also, that being said, if you haven't already, man, you should follow the podcast on Twitter, obviously, at Slapshot Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter, at FuzzyChris91. Those are all great things that you should be doing for the holidays anyways. Um, But make sure you do that. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast. Okay, you can get it on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts. (laughs) iTunes, who uses that anymore? Apple Podcasts. It's on Stitcher. It's on Spotify. It's on Podbean. It's on the YouTube as well. If you head over to fantasyfix.com, it's posted there as well. You get the link to the YouTube channel. While you're there, why don't not just subscribe, right? While you're there, just hit the subscribe button. That way you will always know when I upload the podcast to YouTube. And you'll catch some other great content as well. I did a live stream where I did a mock draft. I'm going to try to do a couple of those before the start of the season. time permitting. And uh yeah, just go check it out. Subscribe. It'd be a really cool thing if you did. All right. Let's let's get in here. A couple of other points I want to touch on. Congratulations to Derek England. Uh he announced his retirement, uh, former defenseman of the Vegas Golden Knights, man. This guy persevered. If you don't know a little bit, he played, I think it was six seasons in the minors. Uh made it to the NHL, played eleven seasons in the NHL. Not a guy you think of a lot, but he did enough to play eleven seasons and just be consistent. So shout out to him. Congratulations on your retirement. Uh, Man, take it easy, I guess. That's what you do. I don't know if he's going to decide to live in Vegas continuously, but I think that's a pretty cool thing if he did, right? Don't don't feel bad about it. And what else? Shout out to Henrik Lundqvist. So the Washington Capitals goalie announced on his Twitter that he will not be playing this season due to a heart condition. Um, It's absolutely just... Gut wrenching when I read it, and with everything that's going on or with everything that's happened previously as well. So the, my first thought as well, and I share this with someone else on Twitter. Right, what do you think of Jay Bo meester and you know what he had to go through with his heart condition? Catching it early is important, and if it puts King Henrik's life in risk in any way to play hockey, then just take the time to get healthy. Does he come back and play again after this? I don't know. It would be a terrible way for him to go out just because he's been so good for so long. I was looking forward to seeing him in a Capitals jersey. I think the Capitals were looking forward to him as well. Uh, there's a huge hole now behind Ilyas Samsonov. I don't know what they're going to do to replace it. I don't know if they're even thinking about doing it. The Capitals haven't made any moves. There, you know, there are some goalies that are still out there, but I mean, there's nothing left, right? In the free agent pool, unless you're looking for a forward, that you can find. But in terms of goaltenders and finding a capable one to back up a young goalie, it's a huge loss for Washington. And again, I hope, you know, Henrik does what he needs to do to get healthy. I'd like to see him come back, but if this is how his career goes out, it sucks. But I mean, there's so many good things you can say about Henrik Lundqvist. As a Habs fan, it's tough to say those good things sometimes, but I'll always give him credit for when he came to the Bell Center. He was always not good, and I mean, I thank him for that. It was a different story walking into Madison Square Garden, though, for Montreal. But, man, just shout-out to King Henrik. I hope he gets healthy, and I hope he does return to the NHL to at least play one more season. All right, now that we've gone through that, in case you've been living under, let's go through, like I said, a little bit of the NHL. So NHL, like I said, training camps, teams will be gathering the teams who didn't qualify for the playoffs last season. Okay. The seven teams, they can show up as of December thirty-first. Okay. So they can show up. Camps for the for the other twenty-four teams opens on January third. So camps open December thirty-first for, you know, Arizona and the San, uh, San Jose Sharks and all those other teams. No, not Arizona. My apologies to the three Coyotes fans. They made the playoffs, actually. Um, Buffalo Sabres, that's who I meant to say. Man, my apologies. See, I'm just so used to Arizona being god-awful that I just assume they missed the playoffs. That's uh, that's unfortunate. Anyways, uh, December 31st, teams will report for the seven teams who didn't qualify January 3rd for all the rest. Just sipping on my morning coffee here while I'm at it. All right. Trade deadline is April 12th. Okay, The Stanley Cup should be awarded in mid-July. Again, key dates here. Let's go through them. The expansion draft for the new Seattle Kraken will be held on July 21st. The entry draft, two days later, January 23rd, 24th. Free agency on the 28th. How wild is that? So let's assume mid-January is literally mid, sorry, not mid-January, mid-July, the Stanley Cup awarded. Let's go with July 15. From July 15, you will have the Stanley Cup being awarded, Seattle having an actual team, the NHL entry draft being completed, and free agent frenzy kicking off. I don't know about you, but I mean, I might just block off all of July. Not going to lie. I'm going to need to find time to get through all of that. I'm excited for Seattle their expansion draft. I want to see how teams handle this as well before um, the draft. So this is really, really cool. Some key dates that we need to remember there. Really exciting. Let's move now to the divisions, the heart and soul of what this podcast is going to be about. So the NHL had to realign their divisions. They've come up with four divisions, the East, Central, West, and the New Canadian North Division. So the North Division made up of just... Canadian franchises, uh, all seven of them. So the East, Central, and West, there are eight teams in those divisions. The Canadian division only has seven. So slight advantage, I think, there. Uh, Obviously, you have one team less. That plays to your advantage. But there's 56 games. From my understanding here, here's how it's going to go. So four teams from each of those divisions will make the playoffs. Team one will face off against team four. Two and three, they'll score off in their division. And then you know, they'll just meet somewhere else. Will there be a bubble? Will there be something? Uh, I don't know. We'll figure that out. The NHL hasn't come up with everything. Here's how far we've gotten to this point. There's still some things that need to be ironed out with the NHLPA, um, and the NHL. There's also, especially in Canada, there are still some provinces that need to be convinced that this is a good idea. Um, there, there there, has been conversation that maybe the B.C. government is going to say, no, 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 we're not doing this. Um, but that, again, is still up, still in the air. From that, from as of this point, the understanding is that the Canadian, each province is working to try to make this work. So what happens if one province says no? What if, you know, BC says we're not doing this, then you have to expect maybe the NHL will realign these teams again, since you won't need a Canadian division. And after everything that 2020 has done for us, I think the least we can get is a division full of of one full division of Canadian teams facing off against each other. Just give us that 2020, give it to us, okay? You've taken so much, allow us to have this North division, which again, very very nice name I'm happy about that so let's go through each division and I'm gonna pick the four teams I think make the playoffs okay it's some of these divisions are going to be real easy okay they are not all made you know their strength is not the same and what's key here as well so again we'll probably get into this on another podcast there won't be any podcast obviously next week between the holidays so um the, the probably the first one will be sometime early January. But I'll try to touch on it at that point because it is important to understand, right, that these teams are going to be playing each other a lot. So the three U.S. divisions, okay, the the teams in those divisions, the East, Central, and West, they're going to play each other eight times. That is a lot of hockey against each other, okay? The seven Canadian teams, they'll play each other either nine or ten times. Now, that again, really, really big. And... I think the strength of schedule here from a fantasy perspective does matter a little bit because it's a real big difference if you're facing off against Ottawa 10 times or or Detroit 10 times than if you're facing off against Boston 10 times or you're facing off against Tampa Bay 8 times. Right? There's a big difference in there. So strength of schedule is probably going to matter from a fantasy perspective. I'll try to take a look at that at that point in another podcast. Or maybe I'll do a live stream about it in one of my mock drafts, and I'll go through that a little bit as well. So that's important to understand. Canadian teams are going to be playing each other a lot. We're looking at as well kind of these mini-game series from what I understand. So it's possible that a team will play each other you know, three times in a row to try try to limit travel as much as possible. So you're going to have those kind of, I guess, those small little kind of playoff atmospheres, right? If you play a team three times in a row, you're probably going to hate each other by the third game by the third uh, game right so again this is all that we have up till now we don't know you know where every team is going to play some teams have uh, I know Carolina was entertaining the idea of maybe you know playing all their games outdoors to allow fans They've come back and they said, no, we're not going to do it. Boston's taking a look at it as well. But if you can't get enough people in the building, right? Florida has said that they will allow fans in it, right, a limited capacity of fans. So just a regular amount of fans for Florida, right? You don't have to worry about that. Building's half empty anyways. Um, so there are some teams that are going to try to get into that. Dallas has said they'll do it as well. Um, obviously, this is, you know, important to those teams, right, that can try to generate any kind of revenue, right? their nhl has also looked so the new jersey devils first team sign a deal uh with prudential financial so their sticker is going to be on the helmet which by the way if you are complaining i so i know how people here's the thing right the meme that popped into my head was like what people thought the nhl ads on on helmets would look like versus what it actually is and people are thinking about teams over in europe right so sweden and finland how their jerseys and they're they're just covered in ads Right now, these are, they're small markets, right? It's hockey in Europe. You got to generate money however you can. The whole jersey should just be sponsored by, I don't know, an ad. It's not like that, okay? It's not. We've seen it in the NBA. They have low, it's the smallest logo you can't even see. And, you know, sponsors are paying millions of dollars for it to exist, okay? So Prudential's got a small, it's, it's literally a small sticker on the side of the helmet, okay? You, you can't, you can barely tell. And then people were still complaining. I said, man, the logo on the front of the helmet, like people act like ads don't exist, but the back of the player's jersey on top of their name says Adidas. And whatever they got on their helmet also says the brand that they're rocking. Like if you look at the helmet, the right, the logo, the CCM logo is bigger than the sticker that's on the side. Okay. So everybody needs to just calm down. It's fine. It's the NHL trying to generate some revenue. They're trying to collect as much as they can. They're also trying to you know, give back to these sponsors who said, hey, we're sponsoring you inside your arena and your arenas are empty. Why are we paying for this? So again, it's a whole bunch of things going on there. Anyways, not important. Like I said, don't worry about the ads. Don't. It's not going to be like it's in Europe. It's not going to go there. Don't worry. No team has gone there either. Just chill out okay just chill it's gonna be okay it's it's i just like people were losing i saw one comment first of all twitter's a terrible place this time of year don't go on it and these guys like, oh i'm not watching anymore because of the ad and i'm like dude you can't even see the sticker it literally just says prudential that's it and i was like wait a minute that's it i thought there would be multiple it's like going all around the helmet, or a big giant one on the front or something no no, it's a small sticker on the side. I'm like, wait a minute. You guys are paying hundreds of thousands of dollars for that? Okay, cool. Why don't teams do it a little bit more? You know, put a small ad like they do on the NBA on the front of the jersey. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Chill out, man. It's all right. Ah, delicious. All right. Let's go through the division here. So four winners of each division. Let's start... I'm going to start with the easiest division. I'm going to start with the West division. So this division is made up of the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Colorado Avalanche, the Los Angeles Kings, the Minnesota Wild, the San Jose Sharks, the St. Louis Blues, and the Vegas Golden Knights. Now, this division is easy because, I mean, Colorado probably wins the division. Let's get that one out of the way. Okay, San Jose is a trash can of a team. The LA Kings are in a rebuild mode. So you can kind of just eliminate those two. So of those six teams remaining, four of them are going to make it. Colorado is out there, okay, and Vegas to me is an easy sell as well. So Colorado, Vegas make the playoffs. I'm going to throw St. Louis in there as well just because I think this division is so weak that they can get in there as a third or a fourth team. They really can. After that, you got the Anaheim Ducks, the Arizona Coyotes, and the Minnesota Wild. Now, Arizona is a team that made the playoffs. I don't know if they repeat that. They do have the best goaltending of the remaining teams in there. They might have the best goaltending tandem outside of the Vegas Golden Knights, and it's probably close. I think the Anaheim Ducks are a better team. I don't know if they're actually a playoff team. Because again, you got to face Colorado 8 times and then you got to face St. Louis 8 times and you got to face Vegas 8 times. I don't know how many games out of those 24 games that you play, I don't know how many times you're winning against those teams, okay? Minnesota is interesting. Minnesota is a good defensive team, but I don't know where they're going to find scoring. This team may not score enough goals to get them anywhere, right? Arizona has their own scoring issues, but Minnesota just looks bad. So if I had to pick one of those teams to make it, again, Colorado wins the division. Vegas number two, I would put the St. Louis Blues three. And then four here, I would pick the Anaheim Ducks over the Arizona Cones and the Minnesota Wild. It's a bold strategy. I understand, Cotton. Listen it through, okay? Anaheim is done. to me, they have... They have good goaltending. I think John Gibson is a good goalie. He's just been playing on a bad team. Okay? He has. The Arizona Codys, like I said, they, I mean, this team is going to struggle to score goals a lot. So it's going to be close games. And for Minnesota, I, I mean, their offense, I think their offense is even worse than Arizona. And I mean, their goaltending is going to be interesting, right? For Minnesota, the problem is they have no centermen. Right? Yeah, Marcus Johansson down the middle, you know, Erickson Eck, Nick Bonino, and Victor Rass. Like, this team's got nothing. They got nothing. Their their forwards are just. Oh, they're good defensively. I think Ryan Suter, Jared Spurgeon, Jonas Brondin, and Matthew Dumba, that's a good top four. But you need to score goals. And Zach Parise is getting old, and Kevin Fiala can't do it alone. Right? And we're not going to ask Cam Talbot here to absolutely steal every game for them, right? Matt Zuccarello is out. He's injured. We don't know when he's going to come back. So this team just, like, there's nothing I like. So to me, Minnesota is just out of it. There's nothing that they can do that would really convince me that they can be a playoff team. I don't think they're as bad as the San Jose Sharks. I don't think the San Jose Sharks make the playoffs, by the way. Don't come back and tell me that. They don't have the goaltending to get it done. And again, for the Arizona Codes, I mean, Yes, Christian Dvorak is good. Yes, Clayton Keller is good. But you know, Phil Kessel's getting a little old. Well, this this team is good. I mean, I just don't think they make the playoffs. Not in that division. Not in that division. And the Anaheim Ducks have pieces. You know, Adam Henry can still do stuff. Ryan Getzlaff is still who he needs to be. I think the key for the Ducks here is their young players. Right? Yes, you got Jacob Silverberg and Ricard Raquel. Those players are gonna keep, but you got right, Sonny Milano's there, right? Sam Steele is there, Max Jones is still there. Troy Terry. These are players who can take a step for this team and they can get better. I think their defense is still pretty good, right? Their top four is a, is is good, right? It's probably the least like it's not as good as the other two right it's not as good as Arizona it's not as good as Minnesota but it's good enough to get them to where they need to be I think the addition of Kevin Shattenkirk probably helps um but again there's a lot of moving factors I would pick I would pick Anaheim as my fourth team and I'd be okay with it I would be okay with that so that's who I have in the West Colorado Vegas St Louis Anaheim Let's move over to the Central Division because this one doesn't get any better either, okay? Uh, So you have the Carolina Hurricanes, the Chicago Blackhawks, the Columbus Blue Jackets, the Dallas Stars, the Detroit Red Wings, the Florida Panthers, the Nashville Predators, and the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Tampa Bay Lightning have been gifted the Central Division, right? Let's face it. They're an Eastern Conference team. But the East Division, all the teams are literally in a cluster. You just got to spread out. You have to put them somewhere. You can't put them in the West. So the Central is kind of like, hey, we'll take the rest of these teams that are you know, a little bit too far out of the East, but they're definitely not in the West. And we'll just put them all together here. That's what they did. So Tampa Bay wins this division. I don't think we have any conversation as to what's going on there. I will pick Carolina as the second team here. This is a very wide open central division okay with the exception of detroit and florida they are not playoff teams my apologies to the detroit red wings if you thought you were but you're not a playoff team and i think the florida panthers are just they did stuff but they're not good they are not good outside of jonathan huberto and alexander Barkov, the rest of that team is just they're a little bit harder to play against which is kind of those things that coaches like to talk about Right? They added Patrick Hornfist. Right. I mean Vinnie is here. But, you know, they signed Anthony Duclair. Let's see what that what brings of that. But there's not much that I like. Their defense is not great either. Right. Radko Gudis is here. Anton Strollman is here. I don't think those guys do anything to move the needle. Uh, I mean Aaron Eckblad's good. Keith Yandel is what he is. And Sergey Bobrovsky has been a trash can since he showed up. So the to, to me, there's not enough this team does to get them there. Not in that central division. Not not enough for me. So I will just take those two out. So what? I have Carolina second. I Carolina has one of the deepest top nine of any team in the league. Not playing in the Eastern Conference, okay? Their top nine is really good. Even with the loss of Justin Williams, I think they have enough to get it done. I really do. Their defense is good too. Okay. Dougie Hamilton being healthy is gonna help Jacob Slaven prove that he can be one of the top. It's obviously gonna come down to goaltending, right? For Carolina. Can Peter Morazic and James Reimer do what they need to do in that softer division? I I really think they can. So to me, Carolina takes the third spot for me. Okay. I will put at that point the Dallas Stars three. Okay. Just again, I think Dallas has done enough. And we're going to find out just how good Anton Hudobin is here. We really are. We're going to find out just how good they are, how well they can play. Can something happen? I, uh, uh, Right? I don't know. I still believe the Dallas Stars are a good team. I still think Anton Hudobin can be good enough to get this team there. I mean, Ben Bishop's health is up in the air, but they didn't really need him during the playoffs, and they still kind of delivered at that point, right? Uh, th- their team in general has not, has not moved, right? Uh, we don't know about Tyler Sagan and his health, uh, what's going to happen there, but defensively, they're a good team. Esa Lindell, John Klingberg, right? Jamie Alexiak and Hiskin, and That's a good top four. So their top four can do what they need to do. And if their goaltending can get, you know, kind of settled in there, then they'll be fine. I think they finished third in that division. So fourth, then it was a toss-up for me between Nashville and Columbus. And I'm going to take Columbus in this case just because Columbus has the better goaltending. In that division, you're going to need good goaltending. Chicago doesn't have a goalie. They're going to score a lot of goals. They're going to give up a whole bunch of shots. They're going to get absolutely ran out of every building. It's not that I don't think the Nashville Predators could make the playoffs. I do think they can. They're a good team. I don't think they have the depth to get there. Their bottom six is very bottom six. Their top six, though, is not. Right? I mean, Matt Duchesne has kind of been very average since being in Nashville, right? Ryan Johansson doesn't score any goals. Victor Harvidson scored thirty goals once upon a time. He can't score. And Philip Forsberg just it wasn't a great season for the Nashville Predators. Their defense is good. It is Roman Yossi, Ryan Ellis, and Matthias Ackholm. That's a pretty good you know, three. I don't think, you know, the ad the additions of Matt and Benning and Borbietzky make really that much of a difference and Dante Fabros just kind of there. So your top three defensemen are really good. Your bottom three are average at best. And then you gotta figure out your goaltending situation. You know, UC Cyros was okay last season. Peccarina wasn't. Do you go to Cyros full time now? Or are you gonna split those? It's gonna be tough for teams that have two goalies, right? Because you might have to run the hot hand, or you might try to balance starts. And if Nashville tries to get Pecarina into as many games as possible, then they're probably going to lose a lot. I don't think Pecarina is any good anymore. I think he should be a backup and play the least amount of games possible. Or play as many as possible to keep UC Saros health, you know, kind of fresh, right? That's That's what it should be. Uh, But Columbus to me is I mean John Tortorella look what he did with a team that Was was falling apart this team was falling apart because they couldn't stay healthy now. He's got a healthy squad. Okay He's got a healthy squad there and Their their center depth is really good, right? You got Pierre-Luc Dubois your top center. Max Domi comes in He's gonna play center on that second line. Okay, Everybody's forgotten, I think, because 2020 has been going on for so long. Mikko Koivu is part of that team now. He can be a good third or fourth center. And Mikhail Gregorenko. That's what daily Faceoff has here. I think he can be one, can center the fourth line, or you can rotate it in or whatever you want. That's a really good centerman, right? That That's a really good center spot, right? You got Oliver Bjorkstrand. You got Cam Atkinson, you know, Alexander Texier. These are, you know, they're a hard-nosed team to play. And they have some scoring skills. Defensively, I think they're good. They're led by Wierenski and Seth Jones. And again, if this team can stay healthy, who knows what they can do? Who knows? We don't even know as well Gustav Nyquist, his status for the upcoming season. And then it's going to come down to Elvis Merzlikens and Jonas Corposalo. And if they decide to run both goalies, both of them were pretty good. So I have no, I have no fear. I have no fear with those with with those two goalies playing. And again, I mean John Tortorella is gonna do what he has to do to make sure this team advances. And they're gonna play a very, you know, blue collar game. They're gonna be tough to play against. They're gonna be able to score though. So to me, if I'm looking at one team And the Nashville Predators that just don't have enough of anything, really, to get them to where they need to be. And then I look at Columbus. I think they can make it. In this division, again, playing Detroit, playing Florida, playing Chicago, those are games that they're probably going to win. They're going to suffocate those teams. They're going to suffocate Chicago. They're going to suffocate the Red Wings. It's a really easy division for Tampa Bay because they just got to kind of like stroll through it. But hey. It is what it is here. So the four teams out of there, let's let's recap the Central again. Tampa Bay, Carolina, Dallas, Columbus. Those are my four. Ah, more coffee. All right, let's head to the North Division, okay? That, to me, is probably the third toughest division at that point. Now, people are going to say, yeah, but Chris, it can't be that tough. There's one team less. Sure, but there are a lot of good teams in the North Division. At least I feel that there are. Four teams are going to make the playoffs. If we automatically exclude Ottawa, I mean, right, it's it's four out of six. Four out of six to be here. So the winner of this division, I'm going to put Toronto at the top. They have the best team. They have the best team in that division from a offensive standpoint. They're going to roll over some teams just by outscoring them. I think that's going to be it. So I have Toronto at one. Okay, I have Winnipeg at two. Okay, Winnipeg is a good team. They did what they could. Connor Hellebuck is an elite NHL goalie. Okay, so I have him at two. There's their top six is really good. Okay, their top six is really good despite the fact that Brian Little may never play hockey again. Right, Paul Stashny is there. I mean. Kyle Connor's has become elite. I don't think people want to talk about just how good Kyle Connor is. Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele are who they are. Nikolai Ehlers is an excellent top six forward. And Patrick Laine still, I, I think there's another level he can hit. And having Paul Stastny there who's going to move him the puck, I can't wait to see what that happens. And then your bottom six is pretty good too, right? Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, Mason Appleton, Matthew Perot, Nate Thompson joins this team, and Jack Roslevic. That's a really good bottom six as well as, you know, Again, tough to play against. And now we're going to find out just how good their defense is. Right? If they can stay healthy on the blue line, that's a whole different ballgame for this team. And Connor Hellebuck is who he is. So I think they're the second best team in the East. Regardless of people want to say about the Edmonton Oilers. Edmonton is third on my list. Okay. The Edmonton Oilers don't deserve to be third, but they're also ha- they also have Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl. And could you imagine Connor McDavid getting 10 games against the Ottawa Senators? <laughs> like like it, there's 56 games in this season, he may actually put up like 80 points. And I he he, he may do it. Right? I think there's enough the 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 Edmonton Oilers, obviously their downside is, right, their defense and their goaltending, right? Oscar Klefbom is out for the year. It's confirmed. Uh, Miko Koskinen and Koskinen, Mike Smith, that's probably the worst goalie tandem in that North division. But again, they have pieces that can get them done. Kyle Turris is a third centerman there. I think that's going to bring some depth, right? Dominic Cahoon comes over. I think Kaylor Yamamoto can take another step. And Jesse Puyarvi. That's the wild card factor for me. He's coming in. We know he can play hockey. We know he can score goals. If he plays on the wing with McDavid and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, this team has a a, a legit top six. Their bottom six is a little bit kind of anywhere, but they're going to get away by scoring goals, obviously. Right? They're going to get away with it by doing that. And then to me, team number four that does just enough to get in is the Montreal Canadiens. Right? I know. Homer pick, right? But to me, Montreal is going to be able to do just enough to get them to where they need to be. The addition of Jake Allen obviously means that Carey Price can doesn't have to play 50 games in the season. I think Jake Allen is a much better backup goalie. They're going to need him. Obviously, they've added Tyler Toffoli. They add Josh Anderson. It's going to be interesting to see how this team plays, barring injuries. It's going to be interesting to see what does Josh Anderson bring, what does Tyler Toffoli bring, bring i'm expecting them to bring something right does jonathan Droink, you know find his scoring touch can Yasperi Kakanyemi and nick suzuki kind of take over that center position right does philip continue to see top line minutes there's a whole bunch of things happening and defensively montreal's made some moves you know how i feel about joel edmondson alexander romanov is here as well so defensively, this team looks good, which is what the Montreal Canadiens are built on. Ben Chirot, Shea Weber are what they are. Brett Kulak and Jeff Petrie, that's a good top six. It's nothing to write home about, but it's a good top four defense. And then Joel Edmondson and Romanoff are just kind of, you know, they're there. You're not sure what you're going to get out of them. Obviously, like I said, for the Canadians, it's how their power play does. Can they just be effective? I think they do enough to get there. I'm not going to put them second in the division. I'm not doing that. Because outside, again, Toronto is first. And Edmonton's just going to outscore you every night, or at least they're going to try. They're going to lose some games, but they're going to win. Vancouver, to me, they miss the plot. They've just they've they've lost so many pieces. I don't see. And again, Braden Holpe is now part of that team. And if he gets the starts that people are talking about, like if he starts half the games, and Thatcher Demko takes over, how good is Thatcher Demko? He had a really small sample size of what he could do in the playoffs, but. Man, if this team decides to roll out Brayden Holpi, that's not going to be good. They didn't go out and replace Tyler Toffoli. They didn't go out and, I mean, and do much. I think their top six is still very good, but I don't think it's good enough to compete. Their defense is kind of where it is. They they just didn't go out and do anything. I think it's a the North Division is a tough division. It's really tough. The same thing with the Calgary Flames. I don't think the Calgary Flames are a bad team at all. I think they're very top heavy. Right. But there's not much happening. There, there, There's not much in their bottom six that makes them good. Sean Monahan's kind of been here there. Johnny Gaudreau as well. Kind of weird seasons. They didn't go out and really do much on defense either. This is a team that's usually had a really good, you know, top four, top six defenseman. You Know Chris Tanneff, part of the top pairing of Mark Giordano, doesn't seem doesn't seem great. Noah Hannafin's not great defensively, so this team just doesn't have much. And how good is Jacob Markstrom going to be? Well, we're about to find out, are we? He can be good, but I mean, he's going to realize this is not as that this is not going to be a great defensive team, right? I'm excited to see two Kachuk brothers in the same division, right? Have you seen the video going around where it's the two guys in the street flipping each other off and the caption is two Kachuks in the same division? That's going to be wild to watch. But yeah, let's recap again the north. So I have Toronto at top, okay? Easy, easy pick for me. Easy, easy pick. Winnipeg, Edmonton, Montreal. One, two, three, four, okay? Let's head over now to the east, Division, this is the toughest division in hockey. This is the group of death. All seven, all eight of these teams could make the playoffs. If they were in their respective divisions, all eight of them would make it probably. Okay. This is going to be a bold division. So I suggest you sit down if you're not listening to this, because I'm going to give you some really bold, bold picks. Okay. Team number one, the winner of this division is the Philadelphia Flyers. I have been very bullish. I have, I've almost, I mean, Carter Hart is, I'm like his fanboy now. I think the Philadelphia Flyers are an excellent hockey team. And I really think they can win this division. They have everything you need. Their top nine is as solid as any team in the NHL. It's probably one of the best, if not the best, top nine in hockey. And I say that. Without hesitation. Their defense is good too. And their goaltending position is set. There is a lot to like about the Philadelphia Flyers. And I am I am very much on them here. So I have Philadelphia at one. Okay. I will put the Pittsburgh Penguins at two. To me, the Pittsburgh Penguins find a way to win they are still a very good team as long as Crosby and Malkin are on that team and they're they're healthy it doesn't matter what else comes with it Jake Gensel is healthy if he doesn't get hurt this is a guy who can probably score 30 some odd goals in a shortened season I really do believe it he's a 40 goal scorer regularly I think he can score 30 this year Jason Zucker is now part of this team right he can add something. Brian Russ can build off his good season. Their top six heavy, that's for sure. And their bottom six is, you know, a little bit about what it is, but they 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 have enough to get them to where they need to be, right? The same thing. Their defense is pretty good. Chris Latang's healthy, who knows for how long. Brian Dumoulin's a good defenseman. Marcus Peterson, Josh Marino, those are good players. With the exception of Cody Ceci, that's a really good defense. And now Tristan Jerry has the net for himself. He was really good in his year. That's another goalie I'm high on. Another one. He's really good. I think he's legit. I think the Pittsburgh Penguins have enough to finish second in the division. Okay? Second in the division. The third team on that list. Now sit down. You're going to fall off your chair here. Is the New York Islanders. This team gets disres- No team gets disrespected more than the New York Islanders. No team. Everybody looks at the New York Islanders, discredits the fact that they exist, and then all of a sudden, boom, here they are making the playoffs with Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz is an exceptional coach. And he has done things with his goaltenders and his players that he should be in the conversation for a Jack Adams every year. And he does it here. Maybe he wins the Jackass. I wouldn't be completely surprised. This division is deaf, and the New York Islanders are going to be the third team. Everybody's going to pick the New York Rangers. The New York Islanders finish third. This is a team that is built to win and they do it kind of hard nose, right? Matthew Barzell, Brock Nelson. That's a good, you know, one, two center Anders Lee, Jordan Everly, Josh Bailey, Anthony Boville They have players who can score goals. The addition of Jean-Gabriel Peugeot to your third line is good. Casey Sizik is Kyle, Kyle, Kyle Clutterbuck on your fourth line. Rotate whoever else you want at the bottom there. This is a good team. They don't have any big superstar names. Matthew Barzal is pretty good. and This team plays well all around together. They're going to do enough to score goals. And then you look at their defense, right? Ryan Pollock, Adam, Pell- Adam Pellick, Nick Letty, Scott Mayfield, Thomas Hickey, Noah Dobson. Good defensemen. These are good defensemen. They do enough. And then Semyon Varlamov is here, and Ilya Sorokin is here. What is Ilya Sorokin going to bring? I don't know. But we know what Semyon Varlamov is going to bring. And he's done well. Barry Trotz has a system built for this team, and they they they, they do enough to win. To me, they're going to do enough to win. They're going to do enough that they're going to surprise teams in this division of death. It's It's absolute death. I had the hardest time picking four teams here. I've picked three, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, the Islanders. The fourth team here in this division is the New York Rangers. Both teams from New York are going to make it. The Rangers finish fourth. The Rangers are kind of the sexy team now that everybody likes to gush on because they have an abundance of a lot of things, right? Their top six is, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling. It's mind-boggling how good it can be. Right? Yeah, Mika Zabinajad on your top line. Chris Kreider can still produce. Pavel Buchnevich is a goal scoring player. Ryan Strom had a career gear. Artemi Panarin is on a whole other level. And we're going to find out just how good Alexi Lafreniere really is in this lineup. Okay. We haven't even talked about Capo Caco. Their fourth line is what it is. Brandon Lemieux, Brett Howden, Julian Gauthier. You can rotate out whoever else you want in there. Their fourth line is what it is. So they have a top six that's elite that can keep pace with some of the other big boys in this team, in this league. And then their defense as well is pretty good, with the exception, again, of Jack Johnson, (laughs) because he's trash. Ryan Lindgren, Adam Fox, Jacob Truba, Anthony D'Angelo, good defensemen. This is a good team. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be a high pace, but I think they do enough. And then it's going to come down to your goaltending. Is Igor Shosturkin the future? Well, you let King Henrik walk, so we're gonna find out. And he was pretty good last season. And is Gorgiev gonna be, you know, the one the one B? I think maybe both goalies split starts there, which is not a terrible thing in that division. I think having two good goalies is gonna matter. Gorgiev has proven he can play. And if Shasturkin is as elite as people think he is, that's a lot of pressure for this kid to handle, but I think he can I think he can keep up with it. I don't think they're going to run away with this division. Let's pull the horse back a little bit here, right? Like, chill out a little bit. There are some really good teams in this division. But I think they're going to do just enough to get there. It's going to be a competitive division. That's for sure. Okay? Let's talk about the three teams I left out because I know you guys want to talk about it. Okay? Uh, Sorry, not the three teams. The four teams. Okay? New Jersey and Buffalo. I mean, the Devils are better, but they can't compete in this division. They can't. They just... They don't have enough. It's not enough anywhere. Even if Nico Heischer and, you know, Jack Hughes take a step forward, it's not going to matter. It's not going to matter. This team is just so good. Th- th- this team is just, they're good. They can't keep up. They can't. This division is too good. They're, they'll compete, but they can't. Keep, they, they can't make the playoffs. It's the same thing for Buffalo. Buffalo being back in the old East probably makes the playoffs. I think they challenge. I think they push. They're going to be fun to watch. Their top six is actually good. Their bottom six is not. Their defense is actually decent. I th- This was the most interesting team. I, just, I looked at this team. I said, okay, well, your goaltending is Linus Allmark and Carter Hutton. And then you got some other teams. Like... Again, man, I, I know it's not like a broken record, but this division is absolute death. It's absolute death. They can't keep up. They can't keep up. They're going to be good. They're going to score. They're going to try. They're going to be fun. They're going to push the pace. It's not enough to make the playoffs. The Washington Capitals, I think the loss of Henrik Lundqvist is going to be hard. I, and we're going to find out just how good Ilya Samsonov really is, right? And the reason why I left the Capitals, I said, well, are they better are they better than the four teams I just mentioned? Again, any other division, the Capitals are probably a top three team. If they are in the central division or the west division, they make the playoffs. But, it, and again, it's not because they don't have the the parts to do it. I think maybe their defense is a little bit ooh, okay. But, I mean, you have all your hopes on Ilya Samsonov, and now you don't have Henrik Lundqvist there. Do you really want to put all that pressure on that kid? It's tough. It's real tough. I, I do think Washington is a good team. I wouldn't be surprised they make the playoffs. I would not. I just don't think their team is better than any of the four I just mentioned. And the Boston Bruins are just kind of the team that kind of, again, gets left out. People have the Boston Bruins winning the division. I have them missing the playoffs outright. I don't know why people think Boston is this good to top that division. And I don't know why people think that their team, per se, is that great. I don't understand why. So my assumption here is that even with David Pasternak and Brad Marchant semi-healthy, they should be back to start. That's my understanding. Their second line is what it is. Jake DeBrusque, Andre Kassi. David Krejci, pretty good, right? Charlie Coyle, Andres Bjork, Craig Smith on the third line is pretty good. They're a good team. I think the loss of of Tory Krug hurts. I think it hurts this team a lot. And if they're not bringing back Zdeno Chara, say what you want about him. I mean, he was a staple on that blue line. Matt Grizzlick and Char- Charlie McAvoy, Brandon Carlo and Jeremy Lozahn is your top four-ish. That's not a great that's not a great defense. It's good. It's not good enough for this division. It's not good. And then you have your goaltending situation with Tuka Rask. Tuka Rask was not good in the bubble before he left. Yaroslav Halak was normal. So I think the losses on defense put those two goalies at risk, right? They're getting older, right? Let's they're like they're veterans now. Halak and Rask. Like how good are they? How good are they going to be? You're not playing the Montreal Canadiens with no offense. You're not playing the Buffalo Sabers prior to signing Taylor Hall. You're not playing the Detroit Red Wings and the Ottawa Senators anymore. You've been taken from the easiest division, I would say, in hockey with those teams that were there. Right? Some of the teams that I Montreal, Ottawa, yes, Toronto's in, but it doesn't matter. They were good because they could steamroll a division that was just trash. The original East is not a great division in hockey. It's not, and you go from that to going to, to quote unquote the Metropolitan Division, which we know has been, I mean, rock solid for a long time. You're taking, you're 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 going from an easy division to the to the new group of deaf East Division. You're not going to make it. I don't think so. I think they'll compete. I don't even think they finished fifth in that division, Boston. I don't. And again, that's assuming that Brad Marchand and David Posternak are healthy, healthy to the level that they can compete at such a, at an elite level. They're good players. That top line is going to be good, but every team in this division has a good top line. Pittsburgh has two good top lines. Philadelphia has two top lines. The Rangers have two top lines. The Islanders are great team. Again, they're just nobody looks at them. They get forget. My apologies to the Islander fans. Nobody's looking at Boston, going, "Okay, well, they have some." No, you don't have anything special on your team anymore, and your defense isn't as good as people want it to be. So I don't understand how they're a the top team in that Eastern Conference. I may be a hundred percent wrong here, but I would not be shocked at all if Boston missed the playoffs. Not at all. This is a division that's too good. And there are too many teams that are better than the Bruins right now. Too many for them to make. There are three teams certain. The Rangers, the Flyers, and the Penguins. They're, they're for certain better than the Bruins. In my mind. So that leaves you with one spot for the Islanders. With the, that you have to compete with with the Islanders. And with the Capitals. Who I think they're on par with. And I had to pick one of those three teams. And I picked the Islanders because they're the best overall team out of all three of them. Like we might see Buffalo finish last in that division and they've made significant improvements. (laughs) They've made significant improvements. I think their team is a lot better. And here they are being unable to keep up in the East. Only four teams make it. We might see the fifth place team of the East probably have more points than the third place team of the West. Like that's how off these divisions are. And there's an owner somewhere who's going to complain about it, but this is the reality that we live in, right? This is the reality that we live in. Divisions matter for some reason, right? And the East is by far the best division out of all three of these ones. And it's going to be a bloodbath, and it's going to be tough, and every game's going to matter. It's going to be 56 games of playoff hockey because you can't fall behind. You can't start poorly. You can't do it. Let's recap the East here for you, okay? For, for everybody who's fallen off their chair after I've just said Boston didn't make the playoffs, saying, oh, you're a Habs fan, that's why you're saying it. it. has nothing to do with that. Look at Boston's roster. Tell me they're better than the Philadelphia Flyers. Tell me they're better than the Pittsburgh Penguins. Tell me they're better than the New York Islanders, and tell me they're better than the New York Rangers. Tell me of this team that they have, 2020-2021 team. Actually, 2021 because the season starts. Sorry. Tell me their 2021 team is better than the four teams I just mentioned. Not possible. It is not possible, boys and girls. It is not. So again, take out your pen and paper, write these down, and then send me your hate through my DMs and tell me I'm wrong. I'm waiting. I know this last one's going to really upset some people. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Tweet it directly to me at FuzzyChris91 or at Slapshot Podcast. Tell me why I'm wrong. I know I'm not. It's 100% facts here, by the way. Again, tell me who is your pick in the East, your four teams in the East. Tell me who are your four in the Central, West, and North while you're at it. Tell me which teams make it, which don't. And uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of the podcast, boys and girls. As always, much love to everybody who listens. Thank you so much. Like I said, this will probably be the last podcast um, before the holidays, definitely will be. Probably won't do one next week with everything going on as well. So probably the last one before the new year. So Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, whatever you celebrate, enjoy the time with your family. If you can be around them, if you can't do it virtually, stay safe as always, right? Have a happy new year as well. I know 2020 has been tough, but it hasn't been all trash, right? There has been some good parts, I'm assuming for some people. If you're still here, you've done well. It's it, it's a crazy time in life, that's for sure. But if you have your health and, you know, life is going well, then, hey, you did a lot better than some people did this year. So count your blessings for what you have. 2021 hopefully is going to be maybe a whole lot better. Maybe it will continue to build off whatever 2020 was offering us. Like I said, it was a tough year. We know that. But it's not all negative. And you got to take the positive where you find it, right? And if, any, and if you having a hard time finding it, well, hey, the NHL season is coming back. That's something to look forward to. I'm looking forward to the NHL season. I can't wait for it to show up. I'm ready for hockey to come back. I'm ready to watch hockey. So, yeah, like I said, stay safe, and we will talk to each other in the new year.